0: To another edition of Thunderdome! Welcome to the Mad Max Minute. Watch out for Leatherface because we're revving up for a chainsaw massacre in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome one minute at a time. I'm Rick.
1: And I'm Julia.
0: And today we're talking about Minute 34, which begins with a poor bystander falling victim to Thunderdome's Splash Zone, and it ends with Blaster being cut loose from his bungee harness. Joining us this week are Niall McGowan and John Parker from the Bat 89 podcast. Hello!
2: Hello, we're here to get nuts.
0: <laughs> Greetings, gentlemen. It's always nice to find some kindred spirits in the podcasting world because, as we are a couple of Americans talking about a distinctly Australian movie, you are a couple of Brits talking about a distinctly American movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had not once considered that. Um, although we are somewhat experts of Australian things, we, we've had many an Australian on our show accidentally.
3: Yeah, I'll <laughs> well, say many, three.
2: <laughs> but, hey, that's many.
3: Oh, actually, four technically. Two of them were in the same session, so I'll get that. That's <laughs> right, four. So that that translates to many. So, oh yeah, but basically
2: yeah. Aussies. It's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious how you accidentally have Australians pop up. <laughs> they just it's, seem—it's a lot of effort on our part, so uh, I'm wondering oh, how oh, it's we're, so we're, easy for
3: you. Oh no, we we haven't been too bad because I think like you do have a much more drastic time difference than like it's drastic <laughs> for us, but like. For us, it was like, oh, we have to get up at like 10 a.m. to record this one. <laughs> Whereas I know you guys would probably be like the middle of the night or something. So, uh, but no, but I think it was accidentally in just that we just booked them and then we're like, oh crap, they're in Australia. <laughs> oh
1: no! <yeah, well. laughs> what are we gonna do? <laughs> I didn't realize they were going to be so far apart, yeah,
3: yeah, I said, but the thing is you wouldn't know, but it seems as if they're in the room, It's the magic
0: of podcasting, <laughs> oh, it's like the Olympics all over again. <laughs> Speaking of the Olympics and grand competitions, (laughs) we are back in Thunderdome for the second week in a row. This is the continuation of Blaster's combat maneuver because he's gotten his giant machete on the end of a stick and he is dashing towards Max and Max seemingly out of the blue. Gathered his faculties together and was able to flip through the air out of Blaster's path. Mm. He is now back in the game after taking a severe beating last week. Mm.
3: I have to say I'm like really uh happy that we actually got like the titular minutes here. Like yeah. we are in the Thunderdome. Considering we've not been on the show at all for like the, the first two movies. <laughs> so this is like holy crap, we're thrust right into the the whole the main the main show here right now. Yeah, this like I know this, this is, is the
2: name of the film, but like surely this is the thing it's remembered for because it, this one's not as well thought of as well the second one especially, is it? Like the, some people really don't get on with this one too well in my experience. Yeah. But this scene is great. I think it's the, it's the part that actually goes beyond the Thunderdome is where people get
3: lost. As <laughs> soon as it goes to the kids, it's like, Ooh, oh boy. But no, oh, you you guys will get there in in, in due time anyway. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> I will say though like in, in terms of this film like you know having us on it's, it's quite apt because this is like maybe one of the most you know in comparison to you know Batman returns this is one of the most bizarre blockbusters there is around really this is like the whole pitch of this, this Incredibly strange film, and then they just add in like, "Oh, by the way, Tina Turner's in it." And it's just like, "What is this thing? What are the hell? What? What? What?
2: What?" It's beautiful. It's incredible. It's, like, it's, it's
3: crazy. It's just like, yeah, just like, and all, like all Mad Max films, it's like, "Oh, it's kind of a sequel." I mean, there's, there's people in it who were in
0: the other ones, but you don't know if they're the same character or not, and it's like, "I don't understand what this is." But anyway <laughs> yeah it's definitely a spectacle we've told this story on the podcast before but i always get a kick out of it when we rewatched thunderdome in preparation for this season julia remarked after the movie was done that she had completely forgotten about everything beyond the thunderdome portions
2: <laughs> probably for a good and reason i got
0: such a laugh out of that <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember watching this movie several times as a kid. Did not remember anything about the part with the kids.
3: Mm. Say I've 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 been through kind of a similar experience. Only like I, I remember it, but I've watched it on TV a couple of times, and it's usually around the time they're telling the whole story to Max. I always feel my hand reaching for the remote, <laughs> like a little bit of like <laughs> you know, it's just like a natural, it's like a gut
2: instinct of like, all right, this this movie's over. Like it's <laughs> see this this um movie and this scene in particular this is the first thing i can recall seeing in the whole series um because my my dad loved all of these as a kid when i was a kid sorry but um i especially remember him watching this scene like on loop for some reason repeatedly nothing else but this damn thing
3: no, like, <laughs> it's like this is fate now it's like i was always
2: <laughs> the, yeah yeah it's creepy the, it's weird the, always I, I my future
3: it. that i was destined to to talk about this one
2: scene but in a way that then makes me the same as you guys because i don't really remember what follows i think because as a kid this is so action-packed and crazy an idea and you want to you wanna do this almost with your, with your friends. Not kill them, obviously, but you know, <laughs> hit them with but something. Still, yeah. You wanna me- yeah, it
1: does look like a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. And it's, it's so absurd and impractical fighting. Like, it does, it's kind of not cool and graceful. It's kind of inconvenient and just bizarre. Mm-hmm. That's why it yeah, oh. captures your, your attention.
0: Yeah, we had some really awkward moments at the very beginning of this fight. We were talking about it with our guests last week and how when the fight first starts and they fling through the air at each other. They're just left to (laughs) dangling arms and legs flailing around, just all sorts of embarrassing. (laughs) But I totally agree. Who doesn't want to have this sort of bungee harness and jump forward, flipping over your opponent as they charge at you.
2: That would be so cool. There is a place that does it. Um, I was watching a show. It's it's a, a TV show about drag called Dragula. And they go out to a sh- like a, a big festival, like a show in the desert. And one of the challenges mm-hmm. is they have to go in a Thunderdome that this festival puts on and fight each other. <laughs> and they're on like the cords and everything. It's not quite as over the top, and they're not spinning and stuff. But uh, so you can you can go and do this at whatever the hell this festival was oh, called. Did, I can't did, remember. Did,
3: did they actually refer to it as a Thunderdome, or is it like no? You got to call it like the, the, the yeah. lightning, the lightning <laughs> spear <sphere laughs> or something.
2: <laughs> at least on the show, I don't think they said. Thunder- Thunderdome. Maybe at the festival they call it that though. You'd, you'd have to call it that. That sounds like Wasteland Weekend. Um, ah, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, I like that you've kind of pitched this this drag show to me now
3: though. Like it's like oh, it's like a, it's like RuPaul's Drag Race only At the end, the final thing is the
0: Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, like, <"That> sounds incredible.
1: <laughs> I'd watch that.
0: I'm not in the habit of watching a drag competition show. I mean, we've watched makeup competition shows like Face Off in the past, yeah. but never any of the drag competition, if I knew that they were sending them out to Wasteland Weekend for <laughs> yeah. episodes at a time, that would certainly get us interested. It's a double
2: <laughs> episode as well. You get two
0: hours.
1: Hmm, we may have to go to the internet and find these episodes.
2: <laughs> now,
0: just for reference, that was the show called Dragula, right? Yeah,
2: Dragula. Uh, and it's okay. season two, I believe. It's near the end of the, the season. Okay. Oh.
0: All right. But I will say,
3: like, in terms of, uh, if, if not participating this, this Thunderdome thing, it seems like you're a real risk just attending because at the beginning of this minute, you know, a Blaster misses Max and it, it's, he, he does – he like skewers a guy through the, the cage, oh, does yeah. So it's like <laughs> – that's really like – it's more like, oh, I got tickets for Thunderdome's like,
0: I don't know, man. <laughs> it seems like you're really taking <laughs> your, life just, your life in your hands just watching that thing. Yeah, this is like SeaWorld. If you sit too close to the edge, you're going to get splashed. And in this <laughs> instance, you're getting splashed with someone else's blood because Blaster just keeps going <laughs> right to the edge. And that bladed machete pole stick thing, pretty sure it's called a guandao if you want to be specific. Ooh. But yeah, it goes through the bars, out of the dome, and then we hear this awful wail <laughs> of someone who just gets skewered. It's like- Maybe that's part of the
2: fun, though, the danger. Yeah,
0: <laughs> back in minute twenty-seven, we were talking about like where the best place to sit around the Thunderdome would be. And we were pretty much in a consensus that you want to be about midway up around the dome. Yeah. Because that's kind of where the level of where auntie sits. Mm. So it'd be like good height to distance viewing ratio angle thing. You also don't get stabbed as (laughs) much.
3: That's a bonus. Yeah, Yeah. I will say I've been there though, because years ago I went to see a rock band called Gwar, which is like they're insanely intense, heavy death metal, but Mm. they've got like uh, full on stage shows where they come out like dressed as monsters and stuff like that. And like that's all big, huge, you know papier mache stuff. And basically, all they do is like they'll spray the audience with blood. They'll spray you with like they'll bring out giant you know penises and spray you with spunk and stuff like that. And uh, oh my they'll gosh. bring out like a they had a like a security guard, I like guess sort of. Pay- like a policeman with a big papier-mâché head coming out going, oh, what's happening here now? In the middle of the concert, they just <laughs> beheaded him live on stage and sprayed the audience with his blood and stuff. But I had no idea any of this was happening when I was going to it. I was just like, someone invited me, and I was like, oh, I'll go to that. And I showed up in like like a shirt with a tie and a waistcoat on. And like, I was partially enraged because like, it's ruined my clothes, but it was so much fun because every 10 seconds, you're just getting something thrown at you, dripped on you, and... Is absolutely, like, it's the worst music I've ever heard in my life. But it was the best stage show I've ever been to. Because <laughs> it was just, like, it was a feast for the eyes and the senses of just, like, hey, want to get, like, this, you know, vaginal goop flung flung at you from a giant, you know,
2: <laughs> whatever kind of thing they created on stage. But and every one of the band good. looks like a character from a Mad Max film, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. I've seen their costumes before. They look like something out of World of Warcraft, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then... Uh, just good quality family entertainment right there. <laughs> as long as your family is the Manson family.
1: <laughs> there does seem to be a thrill about standing at ground level around the Thunderdome. There are like layers of people mm. around the base of it who have chosen not to climb up where there's plenty of room left on the dome. Mm. They could climb up and perhaps get a better view. But then they would no longer be in the splash zone.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the fun, isn't it? Getting sweat Yeah, they're doing and blood. it for the
1: thrill of maybe getting splashed with somebody's blood and oh no, maybe you'll get stabbed.
0: <laughs> by or blaster
1: himself.
0: I just realized, or if you're standing around the edge and someone next to you gets stabbed, it's a free-for-all for their stuff. Oh, yeah. oh yes. yes. Yeah. Them. So you're not going to catch the foul ball, but you may get to ransack a corpse. Hey,
1: <laughs> That's probably their biggest motivator. Like, yes, they're there to have a good time and to enjoy, but this is still a survivalist society. hmm So if they can pill for somebody's wallet after they've been stabbed in the face by blaster... <laughs>
2: Yay! Yeah, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. I, I was coming more from the angle of like, they probably thought, well, it's it's worth the risk because if I die, I die. Who really cares? Look at the world I live in. <laughs>
1: so, <yeah>. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, at least go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, at least you right. enjoyed it. Yeah.
3: I am surprised, though, that—I'm uh, sure you guys have probably mentioned it when it's been set up, but, like, uh, Auntie and whatnot, like, they seem to be—they're midway up. I'm surprised they're so close to the, the rabble, because it seems like they'd be a bit more like, no, you keep the—there's a class separation here. So, you know, <laughs> is this is supposed to be sort of like a, oh, no, everyone ba- bands together and is one to enjoy Thunderdome. I don't mind sitting amongst the people and that kind of thing.
1: It does seem to be a bit of an egalitarian move on their part. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, all of the ruling class is on this one platform. Yeah,
0: they got like a little
1: box. Yeah, that is less protected than the rest of the Thunderdome because it's got like an open window where there's no frame. (laughs) So yeah, what if the chainsaw that we see this week goes crazy and gets flung (laughs) into that window it's gonna kill all of the ruling class that's a highly likely thing
2: like that can happen at a moment's notice Surely, that's what the guards are
0: for they're supposed to throw themselves in the path of oncoming chainsaws they're
1: standing in the back (laughs) they're gonna have to push auntie and the collector out of the way which would serve the same purpose to get in front of them to protect them
2: maybe they want her to die it's a conspiracy it's a setup. Mm. Maybe like, that's
3: half the appeal of Thunderdome as well. It's like, you never know, maybe something will fly out and hit Auntie. Like, they've got the box rigged <laughs> and the platform rigged, so, like, nothing could ever actually happen. But it's like, hey, you never know, it might. So
0: people are like, it oh, might. maybe
3: today's the day.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Julia, I'm glad you brought up the chainsaw, because as Blaster is dealing with the fact that his weapon went through the bars and stabbed someone and he's distracted by that, Max is able to fling himself using the bungee cords up to grab a chainsaw that is hanging from the inside of the dome.
1: Oh, what a big mistake. That was such a stupid move.
0: <laughs> you know, it's an interesting and unexpected tool to find in the Thunderdome, mainly because you look at the landscape around Bartertown, and there's something lacking, namely trees, mm, Yeah, <laughs> which is usually something that you would associate with having a chainsaw around. So someone must have brought it from elsewhere yeah. and used it as a trade.
2: Although, item. Yes. again, it
3: could be, you know, not to spoil what's about to happen, but it doesn't really work either. So it could have been, it's been <laughs> laying around for years, this chainsaw. <laughs> like It's like no one's ever got up to use it before. So it's just like, yeah, it doesn't actually function anymore. It's just been lying for like 10 years or however long it's been since there might have been a tree in this area. Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you said it didn't work as well, because as soon as he got it, I just immediately thought of the video game Doom and using a chainsaw on the demons. But every time I tried to do that, I I messed up and died. So I kind of want that to happen to Maxie.
0: (laughs) It's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. But I wanted to call back to my opening blurb there because I mentioned the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out in 1974, which is way before Beyond Thunderdome. And the sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre didn't come out until 1986. Mm. And so... I fig I was trying to figure out what chainsaw movies came out between 74 and 85 and I learned that the people of Australia didn't actually get to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre until 1984 Whoa. because the Australian film board had banned the movie before that point. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. So seeing Max grab a chainsaw in 1985, everyone would have fresh in their mind the imagery of Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it was finally released in 1984. Oh <laughs> ah, do you know if it is a direct reference
2: to it or are you just suspecting?
0: There's no confirmed link between the two items it's just more of a coincidence mm. thing mm. although i uh, will
3: mention as uh, anyone who listens to batman at 89 will know we've got a habit of trying to connect absolutely everything back to batman in some way and uh, i can actually do that by you mentioning uh, texas chainsaw massacre and leatherface quite directly because in the original movie obviously Gunnar hansen played leatherface but he was played in the re, uh, the remake, the Platinum Dooms one from like the early 2000s, by a fellow called mm-hmm. Andrew Brynarski. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce his last name. But mm-hmm. people right. would know him as Max Shrek's son in Batman Returns. So hey, there you go. It's, coming soon oh.
2: to a podcatcher near you. Yeah. Batman oh, <laughs> <That minute> it returns. <laughs> I'm dying to talk about
3: him and just Walken in general <laughs> because his whole performance is him doing an impression of Chris Walken while Chris Walken's right there. And it's, oh, it's amazing. It's fantastic <laughs> to watch. <laughs> but, uh... Beyond that, though, like I've had like chainsaws on the brain all this week as well because that must like, be painful, yes. Oh my god, just like <laughs> finally got it removed. But uh, no, because this week, uh, also saw it was just sadly this will be old news now, but it was the cancellation of Ash, Ash versus Evil Dead, which is obviously yep, that's uh, right.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, we just got uh, three
3: mm-hmm. seasons and it's done, but uh, obviously, that's uh, too Bruce bad. Campbell's character over there had a famously had a chainsaw in his hand, and earlier this week as well. I went out to see a live show called The Elvis Dead, which was a guy who reenacts all of Evil Dead 2 live on stage to the songs of Elvis, which is fantastic, quite frankly. Uh, Huh. Huh. like he the you know obviously he retooled all the lyrics and stuff, so it's like you know uh, hunk of burning love was hunk of burning skull and things like that. And yes, like uh, Viva Las Vegas was read from the pages, but it was all like kind of you know like, dead that bastard gonna take my soul, gonna take my soul in a virus. But you got him to literally so you watched him cut his you know his chainsaw off his own hand on the uh, on stage, not his actual hand. It was it was it was a fake. But uh, what? Yeah, that it was quite I think the entire show is about 40 minutes long, but you feel like you've been on a journey with the guy because he starts, you know, starts off looking normal. And by the end of it, like 40 minutes later, he's ran around the stage singing nonstop and he looks like Bruce Campbell does at the end of Evil Dead 2 with like a chainsaw hand and a big streak of gray through his hair and his clothes torn to bits and covered in gore. So, uh, yeah, that, that that was something. But And I was like, oh, that's, that's my chainsaw fill for the week. And I looked at these minutes. And it's like the chainsaws again. They're everywhere. More
1: chainsaws.
2: Everywhere. Which yeah, is funny as well, because, of course, in in uh, England, you don't see chainsaws. They're not like a common sight. Yeah. We don't really have many people felling <laughs> yeah. trees. You get right.
3: like a, a hedge trimmer. That'll be about it. Yeah, yeah. But it's not really like the, the Brighton Hedge Trimmer Massacre. It isn't quite. It's not quite. Not got the same snappy title over there.
2: Yeah, but that that version never took off. No,
0: <laughs> it wouldn't so much be a massacre. It would be like the Brighton Hedge Trimmer Inconvenience. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, they've trimmed my hedges at the wrong height. Oh, this
3: did lead me down like a little path, though, because I, I looked, I chose to look into the history of chainsaws. Which was, uh, it it was interesting. (laughs) Like, where does the chainsaw come from? But uh, apparently, um, you know, one of the earliest examples was from 1830. It was created by a doctor called Bernard Hine uh, to cut bone. But then it was developed in Scotland, actually, in the the 19th century. Hmm. And it was used to help deliver babies, which was... What? Yeah.
1: Okay, I don't like, I I don't like this history.
3: No. Oh.
1: This is way too much touching of people. Yeah, but apparently it was... (laughs) With a chainsaw. uh,
3: It was used to, you know, obviously take away bone. That was one of the main things they were using it for. But it was also used for a practice called a symsomnomy, which is, again, sorry I'm butchering all my pronunciations today. (laughs) But uh, apparently that is a surgical procedure to remove cartilage from the pubis. To widen the birth canal. And the, the, the wow. article I was reading, they were really stressing there was no painkillers. It was essentially taking an early chainsaw to a woman's no. nether regions.
1: No. And they're like, it would
3: have been faster than doing it manually, but <laughs> it was insanely painful. And no. I was like, thank God I don't oh live gosh. back then because I'd be de- I'm 30 years old. I'll be dead by now if I lived back then. <laughs> Just <laughs> through sheer, the sheer hardships of the society back then. And that's not even a guy who's going to get his
0: you know birth canal chainsawed so yeah you know i wanted to make a joke about highlanders you know fighting the english with giant chainsaws (laughs) and ha 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 braveheart whatever (laughs) yeah i don't want to make that joke anymore
2: (laughs) i've lost the will (laughs) i think we could all you know do better in that kind of society than we think though because you know max here he didn't think he would be in this position you know, back in the first Mad Max, completely different type of movie, a different society. But look yeah, at but him, he's still going, he's still yeah, fighting, he's still winning.
3: He already had a leg up for me. He was a cop. I couldn't be a cop. I don't have those. I, <laughs> I can't confront that guy.
2: I work from home because
3: I, not because I couldn't confront people, but there's a bonus because if I had to say anyone to anything that was a bit like, hey, don't do that. I, no, I can't do it. I can't, I physically cannot do it. Everything I do is via email where I can spend... Tens of minutes wording things, so it seems like it's forceful but polite, and mm-hmm. things like that. You're not alone.
2: <laughs> so it's it's sensible that we podcast, then, isn't it? Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's a good medium. <laughs> So we see Max get a hold of this chainsaw, and as he's standing there brandishing it, we actually see Blaster hesitate for a moment. We've seen Blaster on the consistent attack for the past week, and this is the first moment that I can think of where Blaster actually stops for a moment. He's got this spiked club that I guess he's swapped out, the guandao for the spiked club, but he stops for a moment, and (laughs) Max pulls very confidently on that starter cord for the chainsaw. Does not begin immediately, mm-hmm. which of course prompts Blaster to once again go on the offensive. <laughs> I have
3: to say, the Thunderdome doesn't look as impressive when there's a bunch of those two guys just running around in a circle. <laughs> it just kind of looks very <laughs> silly then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. The rest of this minute is like something out of the Three mm. Stooges.
3: I was gonna say,
1: <laughs> like Yakety Sax should be playing yeah, in the background.
3: I was gonna say, like the Benny Hill theme.
2: <laughs> it yes, you are of a like mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, I just thought it was like it, a video game was my whole thing. Did did they ever make a game of this back in the day? I mean, I love that recent one they did a few years ago, but uh, did they make one around the time of the film?
0: As far as I know, the only video games they've made for Mad Max was the driving car game based on the second one. That was,
1: that was back think, in the 80s, right?
0: I think Curtis described it as bumper cars. Ah. And then the 2015 one they made, made of ramshackled together elements of pre-production stuff i don't think they ever made one for thunderdome but there is a thunderdome in the 2015 game mm. so there's that
2: i didn't even remember that i've played that game and i didn't recall <laughs>
0: now, obviously i need to play it again <laughs> like... it takes max oh gosh He starts frantically pulling at the ripcord around 13 seconds. He doesn't actually get the chainsaw started until around second 25. And at that point, the chase reverses, (laughs) where instead of Blaster chasing Max, Max is now chasing Blaster, and they keep that up for about 10 seconds until the chainsaw dies. So either they adjusted the chainsaw to run on methane, and the methane only lasted 10 seconds, or there was just a tiny bit of actual fuel left in that chainsaw. That only gave it around 10 seconds of Mm. rev time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it seems like to me, like with the whole atmosphere of the place, it's probably, you know, they don't really have a lot of fuel for it. But also that's part of the appeal, isn't it? It's like, well, you've got to use it and you've got to use it quick. That's like the challenge. Mm -hmm. If you get that, you've got like one chance. Mm.
0: Yeah. If Max was able to start the chainsaw right next to Blaster and then just immediately start slashing, Mm -hmm. totally different outcome.
3: Although for me, like I would, I would just panic and just like, all right, it's not starting. I'll just try to ram him. With the with the the <laughs> idle chainsaw, just to see if it works. I mean, it's still sharp. Maybe something will
2: oh, happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's still sharp. And he does use it. I think at some point in this minute, he does use it as a defensive weapon.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea
1: to so block the studded club.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that actually kind of reminds me, reminded me slightly of uh, it isn't like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Which, it features like a, an, an insane climax, like in terms of like. Films that, like, you know, the Mad Max is always sort of known for, like, oh, well, the, the next movie, it may be connected to the first one or you know, may, it might not be. It's up to your interpretation and all this kind of stuff. Whereas, like, Texas Chainsaw 2 is just, like, a guy who went, like, I'm making a, it's a, it's a second film. But it, I don't know if it's even remotely connected to the first one beyond the character <laughs> names because it's, like, an insane comedy film. But as I recall, at the end, there's a full-on, like, chainsaw on chainsaw sword fight. Which is, you know, always something you're going to want to see, particularly with Dennis Hopper freaking holding the the chainsaw. But yeah, just seeing that little bit of deflection, I was like, oh, it's it's, it's the slightest hint
0: of Texas Chainsaw 2 there. Yeah, Max has to defend himself with the chainsaw against the club, and then he (laughs) blocks the chainsaw, drops it, runs away again, which prompts Blaster to chase after him. And Max does this, oh, awesome move where Blaster is running up behind Max and he goes in to swing at him with the club. And Max does this perfectly timed backflip mm-hmm. and just Matrix moves over Blaster's club to fly all the way across the
2: dome. It's an excellent maneuver. It looks amazing. It's really cool, to be honest. I, I, I The only way I would uh, improve this is to do more stuff like that. You could, I mean, you could take it too far, and you could CGI people flying all around these days. But you know, even more <laughs> acrobatics, like in a kind of uh, crouching tiger fashion. Mm, mm-hmm.
1: I would have liked to see Blaster get to do stuff like yeah. this. Blaster has tons of experience in inside Thunderdome. He should be using those bungee cords to his best advantage. Yeah. And he's kind of not using them yeah. at all.
3: That, that's the thing with, with Max as well. Is like, you know, the, that's a great maneuver. But like, part of me wonders is like, was it on purpose? Because it seems like he's, he's in a bit of a tight spot. He might have been like, I'll just try jumping. And it's like, well, what do you know, <laughs> I've managed to uh, hope that looked pretty cool. But
1: I'll, I'll try jumping. Yeah. That's a good exactly. trick. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, especially with this one. And then again in Wednesday's minute. I think that the bungee controllers at the top of the dome are helping him. Ah. I think they are adjusting the tension on the bungees as he's jumping to assist him in his, in yeah. these maneuvers. Mm-hmm. Because it's a better show for oh, the masses. Oh, totally. Because,
3: yeah, I guess like after yeah, like no the works. first 20 times of seeing Blaster, just massacre someone within 10 seconds. It's like, oh, <laughs> this guy's been up a fight. Let's, right. like, oh, let's <laughs> take him on. Let's see if we, this, if we can get like 10 minutes out of this. <laughs>
2: But um, mm. surely, though, as you say with Blaster, you want to see him, you know, doing more acrobatics and flying around. Surely that is the yeah. point of him being on the on the bungee cord things as well, because you know he's a he's a big guy. He couldn't do that normally. So the whole fun, surely, is well, he's on these things that allow him to do that, no matter his size. But he still doesn't bother. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, And unfortunately,
0: we don't get to see if Blaster had any of those tricks up his sleeve because when Max lands on the other side of the Thunderdome, he's right next to that bladed weapon that I'm assuming is still sticking out of a Wastelander outside the (laughs) dome.
1: Yes, I had some thoughts on that fact. Now, there are two options that I thought of for the reason why it was still there. Option number one, nobody cares about that spectator. (laughs) The people around him don't care. They've probably already picked him clean. They don't care to get him medical attention. Maybe this is a survivable wound. They do not care. (laughs) Or option two is that there is a spectator rule, perhaps unspoken, where you do not mess with Thunderdome. Mm. Therefore, if this weapon is now in this specific place, they do not move it, which means they don't remove it from the spectator. And the spectator just stays It's like a
3: hardcore uh, play-it-where-it-lays
0: rules. like, no. <laughs> right.
1: Yes, exactly. Which I like theory number mm. two better. <laughs>
0: it's like the end of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> right. Instead of a golf ball on a guy's shoe, it's a glaive in some guy's gut.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: It could just be great, though, if, it, if the guy was actually still alive. And then as soon as like you just hear on the, oh, yeah. the soundtrack, as soon as it gets removed, he's like, Oh, thank God! Someone got me to the hospital! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Max is able to grab that bladed weapon out of the assumedly spectator that it's stuck into. And he turns around and he slashes at Blaster's bungee cords cutting Blaster free from the harness. And so Blaster falls to the ground, and you could argue that Blaster is now at somewhat of a disadvantage because he's not as agile as Max, but there's an advantage to not being tied to the top of the dome hmm. because we're going to see in the next shot after Blaster falls on the ground that Max is trying to put some distance between himself and Blaster, and he's getting pulled towards Blaster by the harness hmm. that he's in. Yeah. So Blaster can now move all around the dome completely unimpeded, just at Man. a ground level.
1: Which he wasn't taking advantage of the higher space anyways. Yeah. So does this really make any difference to him?
0: <laughs> he made Other a few than giving big... him
1: some more freedom.
0: I mean, he made a few big jumps to
2: grab on a weapon, but mm. that was about it. Yeah. I'm also, I'm torn on this that Max does, right? Because on one hand, cutting the cords seems like, it kind of would be considered cheating. But then I also don't think that there's many rules to all of this. So people are probably like, ah, that was clever. Good move. Yeah. W- w- I would mean, they Dr. be offended? Dr.
0: did say, get to the weapons, use them yeah. any way you can.
2: Yeah, yeah. But the- it's still, I don't know. It seems like you may be, that's, that's the one unspoken rule. You don't do, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, he does say, I know you won't break the rules because there aren't any, mm. but that's not really mm. true. No. There are implied rules. Exactly.
3: Everything has implied rules. Yes. <laughs> it would have been great yeah. though if he cut the cord and then there's like a
0: referee came in and he's like no no you've disqualified you've ruined it go on everyone he ruined it some referee runs out he's wearing the striped shirt and he's holding up a yellow card and he's like <laughs> ah penalty <laughs> it's like, blaster gets one free swing at the mace it's like all right okay <laughs> So now that Blaster is cut free and Max has this long pole arm bladed weapon thing, Max decides to take a page out of Blaster's fight book and he charges at Blaster with this weapon leveled at him, you know, expecting to stick him through the gut and have it all be done. Blaster deftly moves aside, grabs the pole to the weapon and then just <laughs> flings Max like a rag doll.
1: Yeah, he does. Okay, so you said that Max took a page out of Blaster's book. Yep, this and is just the same maneuver that he started charging. Uh, yeah, with. Did it ever work for Blaster? No, not once in this <laughs> fight has Blaster's charging blindly actually harmed Max in any way. Why on earth would Max try the same maneuver?
0: It's <laughs> an excellent question. He just, <laughs> he just wants to stab the big guy. I mean, it's a death fight.
1: Yeah, I think he's still underestimating Blaster. I think he still sees Blaster as this big monster of a man, perhaps Frankenstein esque, where he's just big and powerful, but not much cleverness or strategy going on there, mm-hmm. which isn't true. Blaster knows how to fight in the Thunderdome. Mm.
2: Yeah, he he shows himself to be quite competent at it. Like, even if he... Maybe he's not good at other things, but this is his forte. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, this is his playtime. This is how he gets his (laughs) jollies, so to speak. (laughs) But Max getting flung around like a ragdoll is where we wrap on this minute, so... John and Niall, could you give our listeners a bit of information about where they can find you on the Internet if they want to hear more of you? Yeah, sure.
2: Um, we have uh, recently, well, as, as of airing, probably a little while ago, finished our first season, which is Bat Minute 89, where we you know, go through Tim Burton's Batman one minute at a time. Um, you can find us on facebook at the batman 89 listener society we didn't think of an imaginative name for that we will rectify that in the future i'm sure uh, and we are on twitter <laughs> at batman 89 if you want to hear the show you know we're on itunes we're all, you can get us on any podcatcher. we're everywhere everywhere you'll be sick of us yeah. before long and just like i'm hoping um, though we don't by the time- we don't
3: change the the listener society name between recording and air date because people will be looking up batman at 89 listener society
2: and it just won't be there anymore <laughs> Well, I'll just put Batman at 89, like, and we'll oh, come. Oh, we're up. easy to track down. But we we will possibly have when this comes out. will it'll either have launched or we'll be. Finalizing the first few episodes, we'll have our next season, Batman Returns, mm. where we go through Tim Burton's second Batman film, believe yeah. it or not. I do know. One minute at a time.
3: Uh, Rick and Julia, <laughs> uh, we didn't get you guys to, to on for the first movie, but hopefully, if you want, you can come on for Batman Returns.
0: So I know I would love to come on for Batman Returns, because of the first four Batman movies, I feel like Returns mm. is my favorite. Yes. Just because it's sort of... Uh, it's like Burton refining his formula before Warner Brothers yeah. takes it away <laughs> and gives it to uh, that other guy who I don't want to <laughs> say his name.
3: No, you're uh-huh. right.
1: Which one is that? Like, who, who's the Batman? It's uh, the... Michael
3: Keaton, and it's like the Penguin and Catwoman and stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, okay. I'm not sure I've ever no. seen that all the way oh through. Oh,
2: my God. You're in oh, for a treat. Great, great. Weird, well, weird film, though. <laughs> like,
1: I hate Batman. What? what? <laughs> I really, really, really <laughs> don't like Batman. Well,
3: I hope you're look you're you've got other people to do the next two minutes then, Julian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, although this is perfect, right? Because if there's one Batman movie you might like, not enjoying the character of Batman, it's that one. It's not really about Batman, and it's it's just a Tim Burton crazy movie when tim burton was good mm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. all right yeah i can handle that you've
0: got michelle pfeiffer as catwoman you've got danny devito as the penguin you've got christopher walken as max shrek is it shrek or Shreked? uh shrek shrek yeah shrek like the ogre yes yeah okay gotcha I'm never going to be able to unthink that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe he's named after he's named
3: after Max Shrek, the the actor who played Count Orlock in Nosferatu. I believe is a direct oh, reference. Mm-hmm. So if you need any help remembering, just think Nosferatu, Max Schreck. That's that's who I'd that is. I'd much rather
0: <laughs> think Nosferatu than you know a Michael Myers ogre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's great just because the rogues gallery in that movie is so good. Mm.
3: And, and I can't Absolutely. emphasize enough, like, it, it's a bizarre film, considering it's, like, a huge blockbuster. Because, mm-hmm. like, literally the opening scene is P.B. Herman throwing his deformed baby into the river. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. <laughs> like, It's, it's, it's insane yeah. that that's like, oh, this is the way. Kids are like this, right? And then, like, apparently... <laughs>
2: Well, I did as a oh, yeah, kid. I loved it, but like apparently the
3: <laughs> Warner Brothers did not. But we'll get all, well, into in all that on well, our show at some point.
2: <laughs> I'd say that ties into Mad Max then, because as you said at the start, I think, Niall, this is a crazy oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Like, this was a big, huge action film. It's insane. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of similar in a way. Certainly.
1: <laughs>
0: so, as for us, we are going to put a pin in all of this. We are going to come back on Wednesday. We're going to see Max capitalize on his mobility advantage, so to speak. He's going to get his hands on a new weapon and finally get to put his whistle to some good use. The Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham.
1: Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions and distributed by Warner Brothers.
0: Join our Patreon by clicking the support link, or make a one time donation by clicking the donate link.
1: Thank you for joining us for minute 34 of Beyond Thunderdome. We'll see you next time. Oh,